Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Wolves Forest Focus, Nottingham Forest head to Villa Park on Saturday, take on Aston Villa, buoyed by the win against West Ham and with favourable results around them. Will Nuno name an unchanged team? Can Forest win again? We'll discuss that and a few more things in the company of, first of all, Reds fan Emily Anderson. Emily, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Very well. Thank you. Good, good. Good to have you with us. Michael Temple, your normally immaculate hair was looking slightly less well-kempt than normal, but I see you've adjusted it just as I hit the music video. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. We're just saying <laughs> I've overindulged on the birthday celebrations. I should know better, really, but I've um, yeah been burning the candle at both ends. Woke up Tuesday morning, my back instantly hurt a little bit more. Felt a little bit more tired, so maybe it's downhill from here. We'll see. Yeah, this is what happens when you hit forty. I'm afraid. Yeah, get used. Emily to it. wouldn't um, know. I'm sure. No, no, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of good mornings uh, from around the world. Uh, just a few quickly. Brendan in Australia. Uh, Sam is in Vietnam. Uh, Dr. Peg in Qatar. Uh, and then uh, Philip in Copenhagen, et cetera, et cetera. And then a lot of people in England, obviously, and Wales as well, I see. So good to have you all with us. Right. As I say, Emily, Aston Villa on Saturday. Obviously, they're a really good side going for the Champions League, but they've got a lot of injuries. We're coming off a good win. How are you seeing the game? Um, I feel confident, and I said this last time when we played them at home, and I got an awful lot of stick from Villa fans who said I didn't know what I was talking about because how could lowly Forest possibly think they could get anything over on Villa and we won 2-0? Um, I know it's a different prospect now because we're playing at Villa Park, and apart from recent times, um, Villa Park's a bit of a fortress for them, isn't it? Um, but I feel like anything anything we can get out of the game on Saturday, I'll be happy with. I will be happy with a point. Um, obviously, I'd love it if we could go for the win. Um, and I feel like confidence is really high. Um, and yes, it's only one win, but I feel like we're st- finally starting to gel. We got our first, I tried to look to see when we last got a clean sheet and it was actually against Villa at home in November. Um, so we finally got a clean sheet. We, we we know we can score goals, don't we? We seem to be scoring goals every game at the moment. Um, 
and everything seems to be ticking along nicely. So I'm going in full of confidence. If we come out with a win, fantastic. And if it ends up being a draw, hey, great, it's another point on the board. Um, and equally, if, if, if we lose the game, we, there's no shame in it because Villa are fourth in the Premier League going for a Champions League spot and they're a great side. Uh, hello to Keith in Zanzibar, Lee in the Maldives. That's disgusting that you're in the Maldives, Lee. Like, it drives me mad. It's absolutely hammering it down where I am. Uh, hello to Laura Mitchell, the saintly wife of Greg Mitchell, uh, doing the good work there. Uh, Mark in Ireland. And uh, uh, an unusual question for Temps. You always sit at a 45-degree angle with the camera. Is that your best side? Are you are you uh, that aware of your positioning temps or not? <laughs> it's just where my monitor is, mate. Don't overthink it. <laughs> exactly. Talking about overthinking then, how are you feeling about the game? Are we in danger of overthinking it? Should we just go there and attack? How are you feeling about it? There's two teams that you're fancy to score, isn't it? So it's going to be a battle of the defences, I think, in... Watkins, they have a, a very different uh, prospect to, to Mikhail Antonio. This is this is Ollie Watkins at his absolute peak. He's in everybody's dream team. He appeared to be potentially a bit of a flash in the pan, but he's he's proved himself now, hasn't he? England caps to his name. He's an automatic pick every week. Bailey, Louise, McGinn, in and around him. So I I I think both teams will be confident they're going to score. I think it'll be the game plan to score. We're certainly going to go there and try and uh, try and win. Excuse me, that was the gaffer ring. Send him an apologetic text in a second. Um, <laughs> so for, for me, the, the game is won and lost on the, the impact of the, the fullbacks. It's such an important feature of both sides. Uh, Cash and Moreno like to abandon ship at various points, as, as do Tavares and Williams. So that's, that's a fascinating battle. And I think both... Um, both teams will be looking to, to to pin the opposition fullbacks and get on the attack. It's going to leave a lot of space in behind. It's going to um, be a positive for teams trying to trying to break quickly and score on the counter. Pace for Langer will, will will come into it. So that's an intriguing battle for me. We're all hoping that Taiwo's going to be fit because he has such a an impact in the in the manner that we're able to play. But my my general thought is we'll set up to try and score. And maybe that battle between Murillo and Watkins um, will be the, the the decisive one. I didn't know. I forgot landlines existed until until that one rang. I haven't heard a landline ring for Let ages. Let me get the apology in quick before she... Uh... You, you text Lisa quickly yeah, and say sorry. <laughs> uh, thank you very much to Neil Webster for becoming a member. Appreciate supporting you. And everyone who signed has become a member in the last week or so. There's been loads of you, which is fantastic. It makes a huge difference being able to do this full time. Um, what about you, Emily, in terms of it being uh, a shootout? Not good for the nerves necessarily, but good for the entertainment and perhaps the best way to get a result, do you think? Yeah, they're the games we want to see, aren't we? We wanted free-flowing attacking football. And Temps mentioned the battle between Murillo and Watkins. Look at what he did to Solanke at Bournemouth. I think if Murillo is tasked with marking Watkins, he will not leave his side. He'll be like that irritating ex that won't leave you. He'll be there at every single moment. And I have full faith in Murillo. Um, I know you talked about him loads on the podcast the other day and how well he did. He's just getting better and better every game. And yeah, I've got I've got no doubts that Murillo, if he's at his best, which I'm sure he will be because he always puts in 100 percent, will 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 handle Watkins. But yeah, Watkins is a huge threat. Obviously, he's one of the top goal scorers in the Prem and he's on fine form. And yeah, he's in my FPL team. So, you know, we're fully expecting it to be that sort of a battle. Um, and yeah, uh, Aston Villa playing that high line could work to our advantage, especially now that we've got Taiwo and Alanga. 
um, who um, can work really well on the break. Um, yeah, it's hopefully it'll be a really good battle and we come out on top. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they will play a high line, but we had did a preview with a Villa fan, um, one of my mates really, Steve, uh, early in the week, and uh, he said they, they'll play a high line, but not the crazy line we saw at the City ground. No. I think that, that was the last time they played it, because I think we realised, actually, teams have worked this out if they just lump it in behind. So, But there will be opportunities on the counter still. I mean, would you take yeah. a draw, Temps, if offered now or not? Yeah, of course I'd take a draw because we're going into a difficult phase of matches. Man U games are free here. It's a cup game. Won't necessarily affect the the, the league form, but then then come Liverpool before that run of who is it? It's Fulham Palace and, and one other, isn't it, from from memory. So I, I think that a, a draw would be an excellent result, but we're gonna have to score to get it because as I said, they um they have a, a pretty positive record at home and, and they will. But I'd I'd value the draw extremely highly if we get 60 minutes plus and we we find it we find it tight you might you might see us regress into that uh deep and compact shape and a little, little bit more camping maybe changes to personnel at fullback at that point and and value the point even even more highly but i've, I've just got a feeling that there's goals in this one and yeah we just have to have to go front foot that's what's changed isn't it that's what all this analysis we've seen recently what has been the impact of uh, of Nuno, he set us up to score goals. He's put us in a position where there's mm. there's less responsibility for the flair players, and where there's a 50-50 call between two defensive players, he's going for the one that offers that little bit more in possession, hence Tavares over Toffolo, hence Williams getting the nod in, in recent times, hence Yatesy sat out and uh, Dominguez and Danilo being, being asked to be in the the holding positions in the midfield three. So I see the mindset. I like it. I think it's to be applauded and hopefully it continues to pay off. But of course, a point on the road and four points from two games against Villa would represent an excellent return. What about you, Emily? I'm offering you any kind of score draw or nil-nil draw right now. Are you taking that? Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anything we can get out of this game is is fantastic because it's an away game. It's at Villa Park. It's a team that... You know, we know can play football, we know can score goals. So if we can muster a draw out of it, absolutely fantastic. I'll take it right now. I'll take a nil-nil. I don't think it'll be a nil-nil, but I'd take a nil-nil. Uh, let's just take a moment to... Uh, well, I'm going to plug uh, Matt Ford's episode from last night because it's really good. Um, I don't know if people had a chance to check it out yet because it came out in the evening. But um, it was about his recent terrible struggles with um, surgery after cancer and lots of forest chat as well. But really inspirational so do check that out uh, you probably haven't had time yet uh but also he's going to do the advert for nav for us because he did a far better one than i can so uh i'll play this clip and we'll see you in 30 seconds and not just um great beers but immaculate inside cobs on the bar what more do you want i, th- I would say it was well priced as well and then obviously as you know the big shed outside and what they've done on match days is phenomenal that's become when i first started you know as a kid I never really heard of the Trent Nav as like a, a big place to go. And then the last few years, it's really grown in stature as a pre, pre-match pre place to go. I love it. And I love the fact that it's on the way to the ground. And I just love everything they've done with it. It's great. It's great. There you go. Listen to Matt Ford. And thanks to the Nav for their sponsorship as ever. Uh, very much appreciated, of course. Do we all get a right. chance to do that? Are we all going to be able to plug the Nav at some stage? Emily, yeah. Emily's a professional broadcaster. <laughs> I tried to see that. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid my fee would be too high. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Any fee would be too high for me, unfortunately. <laughs> right. uh, talking of Emily, here's your lineup, Emily, that you sent in. Uh, I shall read it out for those people who are listening, not watching. Uh, the big team news is that Murillo's finally got a photo on the graphics Ooh. generator here. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's unchanged basically from West Ham. So it'd be Matt Sells in goal, Nico Williams, Felipe, Murillo, Nuno Tavares at the back, uh, Dominguez and Danilo in midfield, Elanga, Gibbs, White and Hudson and Doy in support of Taiwo and Wanyi. Uh, Emily, you have finally picked Nuno Tavares uh, mm. in one of your teams. Talk us through your thinking in going unchanged and then I'll throw it to Temps with a few names as well. Well, it was kind of an obvious pick for me because uh, we won by two goals to nil against West Ham. And I finally relented on Tavares. I was really impressed with him against West Ham and his, his attacking threat is great. He's still got to work on his shooting boots. But yeah, I get it. I get why he's been picked. Um, and for me, you've got to name an unchanged side when every single player played at least a 7 out of 10 against West Ham. Uh, there's an argument, isn't there, for bringing back some of the Afghan players like Aina maybe and Sangare. But for me, they need to earn their shirt back. I don't think it sets a good example if they suddenly get back into the side, taking Nico's place, for example, or Danilo's place, when actually um, neither of those players deserve to lose their shirt. So for me, Sangari and Aina start on the bench. What about you and the principle of an unchanged team temps if we into specific names? Well, who deserves to be dropped on that performance? The, the truth is no one. So if it if it does happen, it won't be for a, a lack of form, la lack of effort, lack of impact against West Ham. Because as Emily said, the individual performances and the sum total of those individual performances was a really convincing home win in the in the Premier League. I think you can. There's a couple of considerations that he'll have in a fitness sense. Can can Felipe play? A game a week he was excellent but he's got a couple of you know, chronic injury challenges that he has to, to manage and we have seen him slide in and out of the team not through form but through necessity does he want a bit more bite on the road could that put Danilo at risk if Sangari or Yates have had a, a, a decent week in training and as as we alluded to before the the, the fullbacks offer something specific there and the guys behind them aren't necessarily uh, worse players that they they're just a different different style of, of fullback. So the two that are at risk for me are Danilo and Felipe, but it's not through a lack of form; it's through potential injury and just that tactical mix that he he might go for if he decides he needs a bit of Yatesy-esque craft endeavour hounding, or he's back in Sangare to come back from Afcon. A player transform, so they'll be the they'll be the two that I'm looking out for when the the eleven drops on the, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I would name an unchanged team personally, but it, you know, managers are ruthless. Any manager who got to this mm. stage in their career is going to be ruthless. So the name that I suppose as a most interest is is Danilo, Emily, because mm. if you look at Villa's team, they've got so much strength in central midfield. I know Bubakar Kamara is out for the season; he's their main man, but they've still got John McGinn, uh, Douglas Louise. Uh, Jacob Ramsey, a lot of their attack comes through the middle. There's only really Leon Bailey who plays wide. So, would it do you maybe just go for that a bit more power and physicality in Sangare or or a scrapper in Yates? Or do you, or do you mean, have to back Nilo because he plays so well? I just so feel well? like, I have, yeah, I mean, you know, there's no doubt is there that Villa have got a, a fantastic midfield. And if McGinn has a good game, Villa tend to have a good game. And he, for me, is one of the most dangerous um, Villa players for us to look out for on, on Saturday. Um, 
But having said that, I, I just think you have to back Danilo. He had a, he had a great game um, against West Ham on Saturday. And if needed, yeah, maybe bring Yates on to be that niggler. But um, I'd still back, back the team that won 2-0 at City Ground on Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. My other worry, temps, is um, I mentioned Bailey. I mean, I'm tempted to buy him in my FPL team. Because he's been in really good form. He's that outlet for them on the right. And Nuno Tavares had a really good game against West Ham. And he was pretty good the game before. But there are question marks against his defending. Olerena, we know, is a really good one-on-one defender. It'd be interesting to see if Nuno's really, really ruthless. But he does seem to... He likes Tavares, clearly, doesn't he? Yeah, Bailey will play off the right. And we, we all know what Matt Cash offers as a fullback because... He's a reluctant fullback, isn't he? He's uh, he would prefer, I'm sure, to play off the right. He's got four goals this season. We we know everything there is to know about Matty Cash, but it's still hard to start because he's got high end pace. He's good on the ball. He makes runs into the box. He he becomes a right winger when the ball's out left. Very 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 in tuned in that modern style, that expectation of what you need to be to be a two in the Premier League. He's not Gary Neville, is he? He's he's uh, he's the next generation, and he's looked a Premier League player since since his move to to Villa. So there's a lot to lot to do for the fullbacks in this game, particularly if Cashier abandons his post and creates room for for Bailey, who's 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 been a revelation off the right. But let's let's be a bit more inward looking. Let's recognise too that we have players of a similar profile. The one risk there is he's not going to get as as much assistance from our wingers, is he? As a as a as a fullback, if if they do um, try to try to play in the channels and, and and maraud down the down the wings. So, what's the weakness in the side? We've, we've seen a Langer. He's not the most defensively minded player. He's a he's a willing runner, but is he is he going to be equipped to support the fullback? Um, if if the wingers and the, and their fullbacks overlap in a manner that they they will, that's that's the intriguing battle for me. But I'm with you in the Bailey fan club, and we all know what what Matt Cash is. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose you can flip it the other way and say Cash will vacate space and Tavares can attack it, and we if we're positive in that sense. Last name Emily to, for you, James uh, points out about 
we went, like you say, our last clean sheet before the West Ham game was against Villa. It was near Cate and mm. Marilla. Marilla were our centre halves then. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there is. Well, who's centre half? Yeah, I mean, I, I would go with Felipe, but actually, Temps made a good point about can he can he start a, a game a week? I don't think he can start more than one a game a week. But um, yeah, I mean, if Nia Carte is on the team sheet on Saturday, I'm not complaining um, because we know what he offers as well, his physicality and his his work on the ball. Um, so I think we we are awash with good centre backs at the moment. So I, I don't have any issue with who starts. Um, I'd just pick Felipe because of the performance from the weekend. Nia Kate is a funny player, Temps, I think. Like, he's in and out of our team. I, I, I liked Felipe and I want Felipe because of his leadership, but Nia Kate was captain of Mainz before he came here. My reservation around Nia Kate is, like, aerially, like, he, his numbers are terrible. He doesn't seem to challenge for as many headers as other centre-halves. So I would like Felipe to play. But Nia Kate does have these really, really good games as well. Like Man United at home, I thought he was brilliant then. What have you made of Nia Kate? He's just pro his career in general. A fit Felipe edges him for me. The the best mm. of of Bolly is light years ahead in, in the air. He's he's an all rounder, isn't he? And he's got that weapon of a throw in, which which seems infinitely more dangerous than our, our corners at times. And he pulls it out of the bag five, six, seven times a, a game. So there is upside to Nicarte. I'll refer back to my previous analysis that he makes strange decisions, one to one defending under pressure. We'll remember the the late penalty against Newcastle last season, and there are notable other examples where he's lunged in, he's hacked when he needed to jockey. He's done the opposite of, of what we saw Murillo do against Antonio last week, where he's remained calmed and composed and, and made good decisions under pressure. So that's that's the the, the weakness of Nierkarte in my eyes. He's comfortable on the ball, he's fast, he, he covers the space in behind really well you'd like to see more aerial aggression you'd like to see him intervene earlier so he doesn't find himself on an island making a rash decision against an elite level striker but he's got a role to play in the side i think that 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 center half position even having lost mckenna and warrell is still highly competitive omar bamadeli stuck his hand in the air for a few weeks felipe's got himself fit nia carte and bolly are back so murillo's the only automatic pick and there's four credible candidates there scrapping for for one shirt so you have to be on top of your game to stay in this central defensive pair alongside Murillo I love the fact we're a four now with two centre halves none of the others are inked in they'll all have a role to to play I just feel that Nia Carte has that mistake in him and you're right the the aerial thing is a misnomer because he has the physical attributes to be to be good at that and for some reason he, he isn't. So what's the pecking order? If it's Felipe when fit, there's probably a, an inch between uh, Nia Carte and Bolly behind that. Um, Emma Bamadeli finds himself carrying cones for a bit. But I, I would be very surprised to see anyone other than Nia Carte come in for Felipe if he misses out. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bolly's right in the mix. I think they're all in the mix. If you were ranking them, it's a bit pointless to Emily because only the manager picks the team. But if you if you were ranking them behind Murillo, sure he listens. What me and Emily think? <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's got his notepad now. Going, what's Emily going to say? Right, yeah. So it's for me. It's it's um, it's Felipe. He's number one for you, isn't he? 
Inked in as number one. Ask her any question. The answer is Felipe. <laughs> Felipe, uh, I can't call between Neocarte and Bolle. Bolle, can they be? Um, can they be equal? And yeah, really, yeah. really, just slightly lower on my Bamadeli. I feel really bad that he misses out because he's also really good. But more importantly, what a great position to be in that we've got four centre-backs that are all vying for that role next to Murillo. Um, wouldn't we rather be in that position than worrying about whether we have to bring in a kid to stand next to Murillo? Um, so, yeah. And um, Felipe, by the way, number one, because of his... Um, I don't know, he's so command he is commanding, isn't he? And he, 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 you just feel safe next to him. I would feel safe next to him. Yeah. I mean, he's number one today for me because he played well against West Ham. But if we made this list a week ago, I don't think any of us would have had him number one. So it shows that if someone comes in against Villa and plays well, then that list probably changes. So I think that isn't it all not... isn't it all to do with fitness though? Because we all, I think we all knew Felipe's probably our best centre back next to Murillo, but actually he hasn't been fit and he hasn't been able to start games. Um, I think it's yeah, it's more to do with fitness than ability. I would say Felipe would always be up there, definitely. But yeah, I get your point. Yeah. Felipe of last season, definitely, yeah. We just mm. hadn't seen him this season. When he had played earlier this season, like at Fulham, he did, he looked a shadow of himself. Yeah. So it's good to see yeah, him yeah. showing what he can do. Uh, thanks very much to Callum Castell for becoming a member. Twitter celebrity, Callum Castell. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, a good follow on Twitter with all the Forest uh, stats and uh, quotes and media and stuff like that. So, yeah, thanks very much, Callum. Uh, right, let's have a quick chat about the other fixtures in the league this uh, this weekend. Luton don't have a game because they played last night and made us sweat a little bit But because Liverpool mm. in the Carabao Cup. They played that game last night. Uh, Brighton are at home to Everton. And then it's Burnley uh, go to Crystal Palace. And uh, Sheffield United go to Wolves. Any thoughts on those games, temps at all, or are we just 100% focused on ourselves now? We certainly focus on those those teams. I, I see Palace fading fast, denied the services of Elise and, and, and one or two others. Burnley and Sheffield United are, are still absolute lost causes, aren't they? Luton, they're not. I'm not going to get dinner from Fletch, am I? Despite their their plucky underdog status, now the the points have dried up a little bit, and we're having a, a familiar story of celebrating their moments in games and ultimately seeing them um, trounced by squads with 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 more depth and, and history in the in the league. So there are teams fading around us. Everton are an interesting one. They could well be buoyed, as as you mentioned at the top of the show, by uh, a, a return of, of points, we'll, we'll see. So the, the 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 matches don't bother me too much. I just want to see the extension of poor form affecting, I suppose, Everton, Palace, Luton in particular, because I've written off Burnley and Sheffield United. So, yeah, they they have worries. You know, there's there's legitimate concerns about elements of of what we're doing. We've pulled that win out of the bag at the weekend, and now we're looking forward. They've they've got more fundamental concerns. They don't know what their eleven is. They mm. they have players that um, can't can't be replaced. They don't have the depth in these positions. So, wouldn't want to be a a Palace fan, for example, at this at this moment in time. But not not too concerned about the individual matches. Uh, Luton's next four games, I think, might decide it. <laughs> really, if they fade or not. They've got Villa at home, then they go to Palace, go to Bournemouth, and then face us at home. So that'll be really a definitive set of fixtures, I think. Any thoughts on the relegation battle from you, Emily, before we move on? 
Um, I was just totally disgusted with myself that I had to um, support Liverpool last night and I was willing them on, A, to get the equaliser. And then when they went 4-1 up, I was like, oh, I can breathe. Um, because, you know, the, the 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 real Emily would be wanting the underdog to win and be fully supporting Luton. But unfortunately, they're, they just won't go away, will they? Um, we all thought they'd, they'd, they'd fade, but they just keep fighting. And, and what a great fighting team Luton are. Um, they're, they're a bit of a worry, but I think... I, I hope I hope that maybe they can, um, you know, the next few games um, we'll see them off. But those names you mentioned, though, Matt, I think they're all potentially winnable games for Luton, aren't they? Really, they could mm. they could definitely get something out of those. But for me, I'm I'm trying really hard just to focus on what we're doing, and if we can keep picking up points, let's not worry about the other teams because you can send yourself crazy, can't you? Keep looking at the table and the permutations. Um, so yeah, as long as we can keep winning, I'm happy. I think the drawbridge will be lower now. So there was a good bit of analysis on Sky at the weekend about people becoming obsessive, reaching 40 points. Mm. The reality is somewhere between 34, 35 points is is the drawbridge over the last 10 years in the Premier League. And I, I think, um, as, Fletch, as Fletch predicted, unfortunately, that, that drawbridge may be even lower this year, maybe even 32 33 points. So that's that's the, the, the frame, the lens through which we have to consider this points deduction. 10 points would make that next to next to impossible, if not really, really tough to, to get to. But five to six points, we could probably just about stand and ease away from that. So that's that's the the benefit of having two teams cut adrift, three or four teams scrapping. I I think there'll be a relegated side. That the 18th place team will be relegated on something around 33 points this year. Yeah, it's interesting if they can get to that many because they like Adebayo missed a couple of games. Doughty hobbled off yesterday. I think I'm not even talking about Burnley and Sheffield United because I just can't see them getting to 30 points the way they play. Because if they were going to, if Burnley were going to do anything, they had to sack company and change style, mm. and they're clearly not going to do that. So I think they've made their bed. So yeah, that's how I see it personally. Uh, thank you very much to Will for becoming a member as well. Great to have the support. Thank you, Will. One other distraction, uh, Emily. Uh, away mm. from Forest today. We think that the Everton appeal decision is going to be announced potentially today. Mm. Well, they might get some points back from the 10 that they got last time. There's still the other charge that they have at the same time that we have. But if, say, they get a few points back, say four, and they make it six, uh, is that a good thing for us? Because it means we might get a more lenient ju- ju- um, a verdict ourselves. Or is it a bad thing because Everton have got more points on the, on the board and they climbed clear of the relegation zone? It's like Sophie's choice, isn't it? Um, I think it's a good thing because what does it mean for us? So in the short term, Everton obviously gained those points, but actually it then sets a precedent because what we've heard since our charges came in in January is that um, Everton's points deduction of 10 points set the precedent for the rest of the Premier League. Therefore, we would be deducted a similar amount of points probably. Um, So if Everton can successfully appeal it, I think that's really good news for us. So um, if they can have maybe a few points taken off, does that suggest we may get a fewer points taken off? So yeah, whatever. Yeah, if Everton if Everton win their appeal, then I, I think I'm I'm happy with that. Even though short term we might feel a bit aggrieved because it will mean we will probably go down a place or two in the in the league. Mm. Would you be surprised if we got any back temps? I mean, we really don't know. I suppose do we? No. We just wait and see what happens. It's one of those new concepts, isn't it? It's like when the, the word furlough was used for the first time and all of a sudden everyone was saying it like they they, they knew what it meant. We we Everyone's got this view that we're getting five to six, Evan are getting get, getting some back. What if Everton don't get any back and then get pinged another 10? Then their situation is absolutely desperate. 
and yeah, as is as is par. We just have to to do better than than Everton will. So, too many armchair experts on this for me. I'm I'm not going to pile in. Let's wait and see. My hunch is based off listening to people in the media that I trust who have credible contacts. Who this this five six point thing seems to be a popular whisper. Not close enough to the Everton thing to understand. And you know, don't listen to your mate Dave on Twitter because he's um, he's guessing. True, we're all guessing a little bit, I think, till we know yeah. our appeal hasn't even happened yet. Um, other topic before we go to any other business, Emily. We haven't discussed this all on the podcast yet, but there was a report in The Athletic by Danny Taylor, uh, and I think it's spoken to Tom Cartledge about it, the chairman, around expansion plans of the ground, make it 40,000 seat with a redevelopment of the Bridgeford End, the museum and the trend end, which we know is happening, uh, and the filling in the corners with corporate bits. Are you excited about it all, or is it we've been waiting so long for anything to happen with the problems they've got with the city council and stuff? Is it kind of I'll believe it when I see it without being that that being a knock on forest hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, believe it when we say it. We know that we could sell way, way, way more seats than, than, than we've got every week at the City Round because of our status in the Premier League. Um, but, God, yeah. If, if, if construction starts, fantastic. But in, until that day... Um, I feel like we've been talking about this for so long and I'm so I just feel like the corporate seats that are going to fill in in the corners I feel like how's that helping fans that can't afford to go to matches because that's that's the problem isn't it that the the people that can't afford the memberships or the season tickets um, maybe want to go to an odd game every season it's not going to help them so that doesn't particularly excite me Um, let's get some more seats for for, you know fans and make it more affordable for everybody. I guess temps the corporate thing is our, our corporate offering compared to the rest of the Premier League is pretty average. I'd imagine mm-hmm. you probably know better than me. What do you think about this, the whole ground development thing? Because obviously working at Trent Bridge, you know how hard it can be to get projects over the line, dealing with red tape and bureaucracy and all that kind of stuff. What's your view on it? I was waiting for the joke about me being part of the prawn sandwich brigade there and it never, <laughs> it never came. So I'll, uh, I'll keep my riposte in my, in my pocket, but, but the reality is no one, no one likes it and we see the empty seats at the Olympics and everything else, but the the margin that you command for a, a corporate seat sale funds your football club, funds your cricket club, mm-hmm. whatever. So it, it is important. Emily's point's valid. Of course, you'd like real fans to be there as, as, as much as possible, but let's not forget this is a subsidised football club that relies on one fella plugging the gap every month and that's that's got us into a bit of trouble. So anything we can do to increase the turnover is a is a good thing. It feels like uh, a quick fix to get six shipping containers in a in a corner of the ground where very little happens at, at the minute. So that's that's new money, fresh income to go into the football budget. Don't think for a second that Mr. Maranakis and the the the, the ownership um, group are, are trying to take money out of this football club. They're, they're trying to generate ways to mm. to put more in. So that has to be applauded. They've got the right expert in the chairman. 
who who works for a, a very highly esteemed um, group that that has serious expertise, not just in projects of this type, but in the, in the master plan of the city and what that that Riverside development is ultimately going to look like in in 15, 20 years time. So any investment in the city ground is exciting. The key thing for me is that they stay there. I wouldn't enjoy a new build stadium somewhere off um, off the back of Bassingfield or whatever the plan was pre that doomed World Cup bid uh, a few a few years ago. But they have some fundamental challenges. You know, we we put a planning application in last week for the for the pavilion. It's a very long, involved, drawn out process that has to be carefully considered, and that's on land that we own. They're negotiating with the council about extending a, a lease on some highly sought after land by the by the river. I want forest to be there forever, but that's a delicate conversation with a council that has its own challenges. So, lots going off. I enjoyed the article on the athletic. I think it was very, very well informed and kind of framed the challenges and things that forests have to think about. But surely we can all get behind a project that ends with forests having 40,000 seats on their present site at a stadium that we all love. Uh, Tem said on the last thing I was going to ask you there, Emily, because I'm glad that we haven't read about, you know, an out of city new development. Because you look at how amazing the Tottenham Up Stadium is, and uh, to a lesser extent these days, like even the Emirates is a bit dated, but new stadiums can be amazing but for a forest to stay where they are uh i, I think it's only a good thing would, would you even entertain moving to out of city for a new stadium if it brought in more revenue no no not at all i think it would be a soulless bowl if we moved somewhere like that um no i think we should stay at the city ground i love that it's it's quirky and each stand is different and it's where we all used to you know it's where we all started supporting forest isn't it you know standing on the terraces with your dad and watching watching Forest. So no, I, I want to stay where we are. Thank you very much. The first stadium was a, a billion quid. And with, with building inflation between then and now, that's probably 1.3 billion quid if you were trying to replicate that at this at this point. So even if we're building something with half half that cap, you're not getting change from 450 million mm. quid. And that that's that's crippling when you've got so much history, so much infrastructure so much space that you know the concourses aren't fantastic are they and of course when you go to spurs and man city you look around and think this this is what i'd like but when we're sat in that bowl there's there's something intangible that couldn't be replicated in a in a new build so if you asked any forest fan i think they'd say the same thing and i think ultimately this this does end with a a, a lease extension granted between club and council but of course it's a sensitive negotiation because both parties want one ultimate value so yeah don't don't be concerned you'll see some smaller projects before a big one i'm sure but that that is just forest doing the best they can with with what they've got but i don't i don't foresee a time in my lifetime where they play anywhere else and i like the fact by the way that we've got the old rickety concourses i love all that that's what makes it the city ground that's what makes it forest very well said. Very well said. Right. Uh, I think that covers pretty much everything I wanted to cover today. So as ever, if you've enjoyed this, do us a favour, hit like, hit subscribe, give us a good review on iTunes and Spotify. I read them all. I've had some more come in recently. I uh, very much appreciate those. Thank you very much. Any other business, Emily Anderson, before we go? Just one small thing. I met Steve and Tom from Guernsey at the weekend on Saturday. They listened to the podcast. They were up for a game. He came and said hello before the match and he was very excited afterwards. And he said, please give me a mention on Forest Focus. So I said, of course I will. So hi, Steve and Tom.
very good guernsey epic travel epic travel uh temps anything from you someone told me at the weekend that they watch us in the bath which um yeah i didn't catch a name but i thought it was just a, nice to know so if you're watching live now enjoy your bath didn't catch your name <laughs> excellent excellent right i've got one that I, i'm going to read out i should have prepared this better but i promised dan white i would read this out uh, so Dan and Lisa Fox, uh, who uh, will put Forest fans will know from Twitter, uh, they run uh, Footprints uh, Charity Ball, and they are doing a last man standing competition. So basically, you pick a Premiership team, Premiership, God, like how old's that? Premier League team to win each week, uh, and then if your team wins, you make it through to the next round, etc., etc. Uh, if you make it to all the way to the end, you win fifty percent of the prize. And the other 50% goes to Footprints Charity, a very noble cause. It's £10 to enter. If you're interested, uh, it's at Foxy219 on Twitter or at the underscore Dan White to get involved in that. I did one earlier in the season, not to put people off. And um, I picked Forest to beat Blackpool in the FA Cup first round, first up, and uh, that was game over. And I lost. <laughs> so there you go. Mate, I should mention the Footprints guys, actually. So I went to see them two or three weeks ago, and it's just it is incredible work that, that they do. They're running a school for for um, kids with complex needs and you know I, I sat in on a class with some uh, mothers of some some children with down syndrome just the, the patience and craft of the staff and the, yeah the, the manner in which they approached that work was um, was incredible so yeah great course chuck me the link I'll get involved and encourage everybody else to as well yeah I'll drop the link in the website uh, and uh, in the description sorry and people can see what they do because it is uh, a really good cause certainly so get involved in that if you can right nothing else from me we are back tomorrow uh, with a guy called Ian Finch who is a Forest fan he's also a producer for uh, Match of the Day and uh, all like BBC Sports uh, outside broadcasts and stuff like that the World Cup uh, and TNT Sports and all that so he knows how Match of the Day works so I thought it'd be Mm. interesting to hear about running orders and decisions on whether to talk about penalty appeals and why they don't analyse our penalties yeah exactly exactly Matt you need to give him a really good grilling please (laughs) make him feel really uncomfortable Matt your BBC colleague I thought he's a, no, he is a BBC colleague, and I, you know, we treat him fairly like we do with everybody. But I think match of the day need has got a lot to answer for. Yeah, I don't think he makes all the decisions. Just, to, just to say, but we interesting to hear that. Uh, and also, uh, do I said it earlier? Do check out the Matt Ford episode. Lots of people have been commenting uh, throughout this in the comments about how uh, good it was and how much they've enjoyed it. So do check it out. It came out last night. Uh, yeah, have a, a watch or a listen of that wherever you check out this podcast. But uh, in the meantime, Emily, thank you very much. Thank you. Temps, thank you very much. See you both. I'm predicting a draw, by the way. That's that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm expecting. So let's let's see if we can bring it home. What are you predicting, Emily? Three two Forest. Finally, three we're going to win a 3-2. Two. We're going to win a 3-2. About, about time, then. Yeah. <laughs> That's the ultimate show of faith, predicting a 3-2 win. Um, I'll, I'll predict a draw as well. 2-2. Two, two. I think I think mm. it'll be goals. It should be a good game. Sorry. <laughs> right, uh, post Emily's third goal is going to be disallowed by VAR. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. No, we're going to get a really bad decision go our way. Stuart Atwell's the VAR, so we, anything could happen. So hopefully it goes our way this time uh, for once um post-match show by the way on saturday is with mark and mikey so check that out as well uh, in the meantime have a good day and we shall see you tomorrow
Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.